0: Hey, I'm excited tonight. We get to start a new series called "Take the Land." Y'all say "Take the Land." Okay, come on, everybody. I know we're small tonight, but we got to be mighty. Here we go. Say "Take the Land." All right, there we go. There we go. Appreciate it. Okay. Hey, I was as I was preparing for this, uh, man. I, I thought about what does it mean to really take land. And one of the things that it means is, man, how many people have ever seen the picture of our troops raising the flag at Iwo Jima? Y'all know like the famous picture. We're going to look at it a little bit. We're going to talk about it. But when you plant a flag into the ground, you are taking that land. You're saying, hey, this belongs to us now. Flags also carry a lot of meaning. They have a lot of symbolism in it. They, they uh, convey certain messages every country's flag is symbolic of something ours is no exception if you look at our flag you have seen this a bajillion times in your life um our flag is looks awesome by the way it's very american right red white and blue i mean my goodness fourth of july is coming and the fireworks stand is across the street now i'm gonna have a hard time not going over there every week until fourth of july i love fireworks I'm slightly dangerous with fireworks. I'm excited. It really has more to do with the fireworks, I guess, than celebrating our nation's birthday, which is a big deal. But this uh, this flag represents a lot. Now, it has 13 stripes. It has 50 stars. It ha- it's red, white, and blue. And all of that means something because flags symbolize something. They say something. For us, the 13 stripes, who wants to take a stab what they stand for? The 13 colonies, right? When we moved over here from Britain, we had 13 colonies. That's what it stands for. What about the 50 stars? This one's easy. The 50 states that we have. Okay. Now, if we look at the colors, the colors mean a lot. Red, it stands for valor, and it stands for hardiness. The white, it symbolizes purity and innocence. Maybe we should, you know, come back to that as a country, maybe a little bit, right? And then the blue, the blue, it stands for vigilance and perseverance and justice, And if you were to ask any American, right, what is our country about, we would say probably all those things pretty naturally. But that's what our flag represents. It speaks a lot to us as people that live in America right now. But not only that, this flag sends a message to the rest of the world. And that's what flags do. They send a message. And one of the biggest messages you can send with the flag is to put it in the ground and say, hey, this land is ours now. That's why we have a flag on the moon. The moon belongs to us right now, right? But seriously, the the flags, when they're planted in the ground, they matter. But let me ask you this question. If you could identify a flag that was planted in the land of your heart, what flag would be there? Who is occupying the land of your heart? Maybe it's an addiction or a label that you put on yourself. Maybe it's a situ, uh, uh, um, something that shouldn't be there. Uh, maybe it's a mental health thing. Whatever it is, what flag is planted in the land of your heart? Well, today, we're going to look at a guy in the Bible. His name is Joshua. Y'all say Joshua. Joshua has his own book, so he's pretty important, okay? Joshua is uh, actually, he was the person that came after Moses. So if you've ever heard of Moses before, he was a really big deal. He led God's people, the Israelites out of slavery and out of Egypt. And then he was supposed to lead them into what the Bible calls the promised land. Now the promised land was the place where God's people were to dwell. That was their home. But something happened and the Israelites complained too much. They didn't have enough faith. They were full of fear. And all of a sudden, God said, Hey, actually, y'all don't deserve to be in the promised land. And so now none of you are going to get to go to the promised land. This whole generation of people, they have to die in order for the Israelites to occupy the promised land. And so Joshua, he's there this entire time. He's by Moses' side. He's his assistant. He's learning the leadership skills that Moses had. He's learning how Moses dealt with things, how he dealt with people. But the most valuable thing that he learned was that God actually spoke to Moses. The Bible says, in fact, that God spoke to Moses as if God was talking to his friend. They had a conversational type relationship. It wasn't an acquaintance. They knew each other. And Moses had this thing called the tent of meeting. And what he would do is he would roll up in that tent and he would meet with God, and they would talk like they would talk to friends. And Joshua would sit right beside the tent of meeting when that was happening. He was learning how to interact with God. And when Moses would leave the tent of meeting, all of a sudden Joshua would stay by. And he would learn, and he would just want to be in God's presence. Well, kind of the last thing that had to happen in order for the rest of the Israelites to get into the promised land was the previous generation had to die and the last person that they were waiting on was Moses. And so Moses passes away. And then that kind of gets us to where we are in this point in the story. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Joshua chapter one. We're just gonna work through the first few verses there. And uh, we're gonna camp out there for the whole day today. And this is literally what happened as soon as Moses died. It says this, after the death of uh, of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Moses' assistant. So he had been around for all this 40 years. He was probably a kid when all this started. And now uh, he he looks at Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead. It's over. He ain't coming back. I took him away. He's gone. And now, therefore, it's time. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. And so, hey, he looks at Joshua and says, hey, I know you've been relying a lot on Moses, but guess what? It's your turn, big boy, and uh, you're going to lead these people across the Jordan. Now, to you, that might sound like, dude, that's good news, finally. These people, they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, 40 years. They've been packing up their tents. They've been packing up their belongings. They've been wrangling up all their kids. They've been getting their camels and donkeys and all the animal, everything, and moving whenever God told them to move. And then they put it all down. Then they pick it all back up, and they've been doing that for 40 years, knowing that just on the other side of the Jordan River was the land that God had promised them. And so you might look at this and go, my gosh, they're finally going to get to go into the promised land. That's an amazing thing. But if you were Joshua, you probably would have a streak of fear run through you, and you'd probably be anxious because here's what Joshua knew. Joshua knew that on the other side of the Jordan River, that might be the land that God wants them to take, but it's already occupied by some enemies. Kingdoms lived there and some pretty big ones. And the Israelites were not great fighters. They hadn't been in war in 40 years, and they were slaves before that. They didn't know really how to fight. Joshua wasn't like this amazing warrior. And so he's probably a little nervous. And so here's what happens. He says this. God says, I promise you what I promised Moses, that wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. So he's like, listen, I've given you all this land. So no matter where you walk, when you cross this Jordan, the land is yours. I've already given it to you. And then he starts to set the boundaries of that land. He says, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. You don't have to remember all this. I'm just, it'll come together in a second, okay? From the Euphrates River in the east and to the Mediterranean Sea to the west, including all the land of the Hittites. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, "All here's your boundary. All the way around all this, anywhere you walk in that land, it's yours. But the problem was, is that in each of those points that God mentions to Joshua, there's a group of people. There's a little kingdom there that has to be defeated. They're their enemies. They don't want to give up their land, right? And so, and all the land in between. But he also says, "'No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, "'for I will be with you as I was with Moses.'" I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. He's probably, he knows what Josh was thinking. Josh was thinking, Well, what about these people that live by the Euphrates River? God's like, I got them. I won't fail you. I'm not gonna leave you. Well, what about these people in the forest up in Lebanon? Or Lebanon, how we like to say it over here, right? Don't worry about them. I already got them, God says. God is basically saying, hey, this ain't on your shoulders. It's on my shoulders. All you have to do is walk. And anywhere you walk, I'm going to give to you. And he probably senses that Joshua was kind of afraid. He's a little scared, just like you would be. He had no experience. He had no business doing what he was doing. He wasn't ready. And he said, God says this, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land, to take all the land, I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's the second time he said it. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. All right? So, hey, all the stuff I told him, you do the same thing. Don't deviate from it. Neither Turn neither to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. And then he says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Says it a third time. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God is saying, wherever you go, the land is yours and wherever you go, I'm with you. I I got it. I got it taken care of. You don't have to worry about anything. So what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with me? Well, here's what I know today. Some of you are living and you're dwelling in a land that you were never meant to live. You've been wandering in your own wilderness. The people of Israel, they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. And guess what? They got pretty comfortable there. And because they were comfortable there, they weren't able to get into the promised land until all those people that were comfortable died off. But if I'd be willing to bet is that some people in here, maybe everybody in here, is living in a land where you've never meant to live. You weren't meant to live. God has a better land for you. Maybe for you, the land you live in, is you're in this place where you haven't been happy or joyful in a long time. You've lived in this land maybe of anxiety and depression, and there, here's, let me, let me say this, there's nothing wrong with that. It's wrong to stay there, and not do anything about it. Go, go, go to the doctor, go get help, take medication, go see a counselor, whatever. But some of us have been living in that land. We've gotten too comfortable in that land. Maybe for you, man, you just have had trouble getting motivated after this last year that we've had. You you have a, maybe a little spirit of laziness. I have struggled this big time, right? Because we didn't leave the house for forever, I felt like, right? And maybe that's the land you're living in. Maybe for you, uh, you, you want to change your body. You want to go get in the gym and you want to get like yoked. You know what I'm saying? And you don't like the way you look anymore. Well, maybe you've gotten too comfortable with where you are. You're living in a land that God maybe has some more for you there, but it's going to require something of you, right? Maybe for you, your marriage is just average. You're like, hey, we're kind of, we're kind of two roommates right now, uh, not really communicating very well. Maybe it's in trouble and you're used to having an average marriage when God is like, that's not the land that I've given you to possess. You, have, There's a much better land over here, right? Maybe that's your land. Maybe for you, your career feels like it's stalled out. Oh, man, like your bo- you can't stand your boss. He doesn't see any of the potential in you. He doesn't know how good you really are. He doesn't give you enough credit. Whatever it is, maybe you feel frozen right there, and that's the land that you kind of live in. Maybe for you, you're in school. Good night. I did school a couple years ago, and we had a newborn baby. I was working two jobs and full-time in school. I know how you feel if you're in school right now, and it's terrible. I get it. And if we're not careful, we can lose sight of why we're in school. What are you in there for? Man, get motivated and let's do this thing really well. But maybe you're in this really weird wandering place with your school, and that's the land you live in right now. Maybe for you, you have kids, and your kids aren't little angels all the time. Okay? Can I get an amen from some mamas in here? Because that's like it is at my house right now. And it's hard. Maybe you're a new mom, and this is a hard it's harder than you thought it was. And you feel guilty for not really liking it, but you're kind of just surviving as a parent. Maybe you're living in that land right now. Maybe for you, you're single and you think, I, I'm always gonna be single. I mean, I, there's not a person out there for me. I don't know if I can take this anymore. And maybe that's the land you're living in. I don't know. Maybe some of that resonated with you. Maybe it didn't. But if you're in a place where you, you're feeling like you're not living in the abundant life God has for you, then you're in a land that you were never meant to live in. And I'm not here promising you prosperity. I'm not going to say you're going to get a million dollars tomorrow if you do something. That's not what I'm saying. But the Bible does say that God has come to give you a life and a life that's abundant. A life where you can have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All that is available to us. We can live an abundant life. And if we're not living there, maybe we're living in a land where we were never meant to live. But I think some people today need to be reminded who you are, and not only who you are, but whose you are. Let me remind you, you are a child of God. He's your father, and he's perfect. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If you need provision today, guess what? Your dad has got everything in the universe. Maybe you need to understand today that the Bible says that in Christ... You are more than a conqueror. So that thing that you feel like keeps conquering you over and over again, you have the, the spirit of God in you and you are more than a conqueror when you're operating in the spirit. Some of you might need to know that today. Maybe for you, you need to understand you're a co-heir with Christ. You're a co-heir with Christ. So what Christ has is what we have. We have access to all the same things. Some of us don't live that way though. And I'm telling you, if you're living in a land where you're not experiencing the life that God has for you, then it's time to take the land that God does have for you. Because here's what I know. There's a promised land in your life. There's something that God is wanting for you. There's something that God is calling you to, and it's not going to just end up in your lap. You have to cross the Jordan. You have to do some things in order to live and possess this land that God has for you. Just like Joshua did. This was God's people. They'd been in slavery for hundreds of years and they have been wandering in the desert. If God just, could have just given it to them, he probably would have done it. But it wasn't the best for them. They had to work for it. And so tonight, I want to try to tell you three things that you can do to take the land in your life. The land that you've always meant to be in. Here's how you can take it. The first thing is this. Identify the land. Identify where you're going to go. Identify, uh, what the land is that you want to take. Maybe for you, man, you're like, I'm ready to take the land for my marriage. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to do what it takes. We're going to go see a counselor. We're going to at least do date nights once a week without our kids, and we're not going to talk about our kids. We're just going to communicate with each other. Uh, we're going to sit down, and instead of watch Netflix together, we're going to go play a game together. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh together. We're going to do something. We're going to invest in this thing because I'm ready to take the land in my marriage. I don't want to have an average marriage. I want to have a great marriage. Maybe for you, you're like, man, I've been really struggling being a parent. I had these kids and don't know what to do with them. Well, guess what? Make Friday your family fun day. Put your phone away. No one needs you. Your whole family's right there, right? And do something fun. What we do on our family Friday is we've been watching every Disney movie that Disney Animation Studios ever made. We started from the very, be- I'm not joking. We started from the very beginning at Snow White. That was the first movie in theater. And this past Wednesday, we were out of town on Friday. Or I was out of town on Friday. Uh, we watched, what do we watch? Emperor's New Groove. It's a lot of Fridays we've been doing this. And Stephanie makes a themed dinner. It's all It sounds real more extravagant than it really is, but we the kids look forward to it. Because why? I don't want to have an average relationship with my kids. I want to have a great relationship with my kids. I want them to like me. I want them to tell me things when something's going on in their life. And you build that by spending time. I don't want average. I want above average. So we do this thing. Maybe for you, it's your career. You're ready to take the land in your career. Well, be the best employee at your work. Try harder, care more, be on time. Don't gossip when your boss isn't around. Say, hey, how can I take something off your plate today? If you asked your boss that, they would probably have a heart attack because no one asked them that. People want stuff from them all the time. But maybe if you're ready to take the land at your work, you can do something like that. Maybe it's your health. You wanna change. You wanna, you wanna get rid of this father figure and, and straight just get ripped, right? Well, guess what? Go to the gym, join a gym, Find a group of buddies. Thomas and I work out almost every day. Uh, we, we've been bad the last couple of weeks, but he's back there nodding. He knows I'm telling the truth. Uh, but go do something about it, right? If that's the land you want to possess, you got to cross the Jordan River. Maybe it's your mental health. Man, that's been kicking your butt. And you know that's not what God's best is for you. Well, maybe it's time to make the doctor's appointment. Maybe it's time to just tell somebody. Maybe it's time to just... Take one step in the right direction toward the land you want to take. I don't know where you feel stuck right now. But when God was talking to Joshua, he identified the land. He said, hey, the wilderness to the south, the mountains in the north, the Euphrates Euphrates River, and the Mediterranean Sea, that's the land. I'm identifying it. And when he identified that, Joshua knew, hey, There's some people here we got to take care of. There's some people here we got to take care of. He knew what he needed to do because he identified where he needed to go. So if you want to take the land in your marriage, if you want to take the land in your kids, once you identify it, you know, man, now I can take a step in the right direction to possess the land that God has for me. So the first thing you got to do is you got to identify the land. The second thing you have to do is walk courageously. Now, here's what I know is that Joshua was probably pretty afraid because God said, be strong and courageous three times in four verses. When that happens in the Bible, uh, God's like, hello, are you listening to me, right? Like, hey, you gotta do, like, be strong and courageous, man. Hey, hey, strong, it's like talking to a child. Have you ever had to tell your child, like, hey, go do this task for me. They will get sidetracked, but you have to say it over and over again. He's doing that to Joshua. He said, hey, listen, listen, be strong. Be courageous. But some of you might even be thinking right now, well, Clint, when I feel like I'm a little bit more prepared, if I'm a little more ready, if, uh, if I can just get this under control first, then I'll take that step in the right direction. Well, let me tell you some, probably the most simple advice and wisdom I can give you. If you're waiting to, if you're waiting on feeling like it, or you're waiting on something to change, or you're waiting to maybe get a little bit more confidence to go do it, let me give you some good advice. Do it afraid. Don't wait. Don't wait till you're ready. If you wait till you're ready, it'll never happen. How many of y'all are married in here? Were you were you ready to get married whenever you got married? Absolutely not. I don't care how much counseling you go through. You're not ready. How many of you are ready to have kids? Heck no. I'm still not ready to be a dad. I feel like I got three. And if you wait till you're ready, you'll never do it. So just do it afraid. Do it with little experience. Jump in. God says, man, be strong, be courageous. I'm with you. And that promise still goes for you, by the way. No matter what you do, God is with you and he's never gonna abandon you, ever. So just do it. Why not? Paul, okay, Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He's like the greatest Christian of of all time outside of Jesus, right? He was amazing. I don't know if Jesus was a Christian technically, but he was the greatest Christian of all time. People think that, right? Well, Paul had something that was really hard for him to deal with. And in 2 Corinthians, he's writing to these people. He's writing a letter to them. And he says this. He says, oops, hold on, where am I going? Oh, I didn't put it in there. I'll read it to you, hold on. It says this, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. So this really hard thing that Paul was walking through, three times, I mean, he went toe-to-toe, nine rounds with God. Please, please take this away. It's really hard. I don't know what to do. And here's what God said. My grace is all you need. My power actually works best when you're weak. Now, that'll turn your world upside down, right? And so Paul says, so now I'm actually glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, I am strong. Paul's saying the same thing. There's gonna be things that seem like they're too hard for you to handle. Maybe for you, that land that you need to take, that land that you need to possess, it seems too big for you to handle. It seems like you can't do it. Paul would say that's actually the perfect position for you to be in. Because when you feel that weak and you walk anyway, you're walking in God's power. When you don't feel like doing it, when you feel like you can't conquer this and you do it anyway, you're walking in God's power. Weak steps are steps taken on holy ground. When you're walking and you're doing something and you're walking in your weakness, you're walking in the power of God. You're walking in the presence of God. And when you take weak steps, there's steps taken on holy grounds. So that thing you need to do to cross the Jordan, that step you need to take, just start walking. That is where God's power is found. If we would have waited till we were ready to start this church, well, the pandemic would have happened and we wouldn't have done it. I'd tell you that right now. But if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to do it. Just take steps. And I can tell you right now, literally right now, I'm walking in God's power. I feel weak right now. Today's been a really bad, long day. I'm just going to be honest with you. But when you admit that and go, you know what, God, I'm here. I'm going to be faithful. And I'm just going to walk in your power today. Clint doesn't have to do it anymore. It's off my shoulders. It's on his shoulders. And guess what? God's a lot better than I am. And I need his power. I can't do this on my own. So the last thing is this band. Y'all can come up. The last thing is this, is plant your flag. So you're going to identify the ground. You're going to then walk in courage. And then you're going to plant your flag. Plant your flag. Now, probably the most famous picture of somebody planting a flag is this picture right here. Y'all have ever seen this picture before, Right? Um, this was actually a pretty crucial moment for the U.S. troops. This was the Marines um, in World War II. And little known fact, this is actually the second picture of this happening because they didn't get a picture of it the first time it happened. Um, but when this happened, uh, Iwo Jima, where this happened, was the middle point between where we were and where we needed to be to, in order to advance uh, and to go island hopping and capture these islands during World War II. And uh, Iwo Jima was actually a really crucial part because we could fly planes from there. We could store bombers there. We could house things there that we needed it bad. But it was met with a lot of opposition, a lot of opposition. And so one day we realized, hey, we got to get up on that island and we got to take that thing. And if we can do that, we just might be able to win this thing. So this is a big deal. And so all around, this is the highest point of the island. People on the island could see this point, And there were troops, American troops all over the island. There were American troops on boats that were surrounding the island. And on one day, I believe it was it, February 23rd, 1945, we'd been there for a few days trying to get up to the point up here to get this island, to take this land. And finally, February 25th, it only took about 25, 30 minutes And we met a lot of opposition there was a lot of grenade fire there was a lot of gunfire and all of a sudden we slowly make our way to the top of this and one of the generals that was in charge of the group of men that did this had already packed his flag in his backpack and he said when we get up here we're putting the flag up so they found a water pipe and he got his flag out and when they got up there They put that flag in the ground and all of a sudden, all of the troops on the island and all the troops on the boats surrounding the island started cheering. Why? Because when they planted that flag in the ground, it was a statement to the enemy that said, hey, this is ours now and we're here to fight for it. It is time for you to plant a flag down in your life. This land that you need to possess, you need to take a flag, put it in there, and let the enemy know this is not your land anymore. This is God's land right now. And God is with me. Some of us have been living in a land that's been occupied by the enemy for too long, and it's time for us to plant our flag in the ground and go, I'm fighting for this now. There's a land that you need to take. I believe God's already bringing it up in your heart right now. There's a land that you need to take. There's a land that God's calling you to. There's a land with a better marriage. There's a land with purity in your life. There's a land that's addiction free. There's a land that is healthier mentally, physically, emotionally. There's a land out there that you need to take. But are you willing to take the steps necessary to take it? So here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a little weird. We've got a little small of a group tonight. That's totally fine. But hey, I want all of us to participate in this, okay? And if you can't make your way down here, I'll get you one back there, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I brought these uh, little flags with me. See this? Little survey flags. And if you need to somehow mark your yard for this, I have a lot left over, okay? So uh, I have these flags up here. I have Sharpies down here on the stage. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to sing one more song. And while this song is playing, I want you to take a flag. Come down here. Come get a flag. Okay, we're all going to do it. I want you to take a Sharpie, and I want you to write down the land that you're going to take. For you, it might be your marriage, and you want to write your spouse's name down right here. Hey, I'm going to plant this, and I'm fighting for our marriage now. Maybe for you, it's school. And you need to write that down and go, I'm really tired right now, but I know God has for me. I just got to finish this, man. Then you're going to fight for it. You're going to do what it takes to do well in school. Boom. Write it down. I don't know what it is. Maybe you want to leave it blank, and you don't want to write anything right now. But I want everyone to come get a flag in a second. Because I want you to write down in here what, you're, what land you're about to take, and I want you to put it somewhere. Put it in your garden Put it, you know, in, on your dresser somewhere. I don't care where you put it. Put it where you can see it every day. And you know, when I walk out, when I see this, you know what I wrote on my flag? My, I, I did this already. into my bag. I put fear and anxiety. Those things I've been struggling with. You know, I'm going to put it somewhere. And anytime I see it, I'm going, go, you know what? I'm fighting for this. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of love and of power and of sound mind. You know what? God said, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So when I see that, I'm gonna go, nope, I'm not gonna be fearful. I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm fighting for this because this matters. The land that God has for me doesn't involve fear and anxiety. And so I want you to come down whenever we start this song, get you a flag, write the, the land that you're gonna take on this flag, take it back with you. Put it somewhere where you can see it and you can be reminded that, hey, this fight is worth it. All right, hey, let's stand up. I'm going to pray. As soon as I'm done praying, y'all come down, get your flag. If y'all need one, I'll take one to you. Okay, God, we love you. We thank you. I thank you for this today. And God, I pray as we come up here and as we take these flags, God, that we would, something would happen in us where we'd know that you are with us. And with you, we can do anything. We can take any land that we want to take. God, thank you. Thank you for the promise that you will never leave us. You'll never abandon us. You're always going to be with us. And I thank you that even in our weakness, we can be strong through your power. Help us walk with some courage today. Help us walk in your power. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.